Game day is upon us once again here in Dallas, Texas. The Stars tonight will be matching up with the Los Angeles Kings. And on today's show, I'll be joined by Sarah Avampato of Locked On Kings to talk all about this big matchup. All of this coming up on a Wednesday edition of Locked On Stars. Your Locked On Stars, your daily podcast on the Dallas Stars. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Howdy, Stars fans. Welcome back to the Locked On Stars podcast, the only daily podcast covering the Dallas Stars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Dane Lewis, your local expert on all things Dallas Stars, credentialed member of the media, coming to you on this Wednesday March 2nd, here to preview tonight's game between the Stars and the Kings going down at the AAC. But before we get into today's crossover episode, do you want to take a moment and say thank you for stopping by today's episode of Locked on Stars. Whether this is your first time here or you are a recurring listener, thank you for making Locked on Stars your first listen of the day. Be sure to subscribe to and follow the Locked on Stars podcast wherever you get your podcast at, whether that's on YouTube or your favorite podcasting platform. We are free and available no matter where you listen or how you listen. But without any further hesitation, let's get right down to business. Get to today's crossover episode between myself and Sarah Avampato of Locked On Kings. Welcome in, everybody. This is Dane Lewis with the Locked On Stars podcast, joined now by Sarah Avampato of Locked On LA Kings, here to talk about tonight's big game between Dallas and Los Angeles. They'll be going down at the American Airlines Center. Sarah, how are you today? A little bit terrified of what's going to happen this game. Not going to lie. Yeah, I, it, it seems like there's a, a lot, you know, that could happen. It could swing either way, um, and that's kind of the the first question I have. And not, I mean, I know every team has their fair share of bad games. But what what kind of went down the other night when the the Kings took on the Bruins? I know not an ideal, uh, you know, final score, but the Kings had been playing pretty good hockey up to that point. I think they had won five straight. Some of those mm-hmm. against some really good opponents. So what 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 kind of happened against the the Boston Bruins the other night? Chaos, man. You know, it it was just one of those games where it's the stereotypical, like, burn the tape, forget about it. Like, it never happened. Move on. Um, You know, it was just, it was a bad night for Jonathan Quick, who has been very good this season. Uh, He's really kind of kept this team afloat, especially in sort of the early parts of the season where they just weren't really clicking all at the same time. And he just let in some really bad goals. Um, You know, not to take anything away from Boston. Boston is very good. Um, Jake DeBrusque, who scored that hat trick is, you know, playing, you know, doing everything he can to up his trade value, given that we know he wants out of Boston. Uh, it was just, it was just a bad night. No one looked good. Uh, players who don't usually make mistakes were making like uncharacteristic mistakes. Like it was just, I would prefer that it didn't ever happen. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, given kind of the, the trends of this season with this Kings team, how do you anticipate they'll come out of the gate? Uh, in tonight's matchup against Dallas. I mean, given, you know, 7-0 is a, a pretty hard score to come by, and, and mm-hmm. I imagine uh, sticks with a lot of those guys for a little bit of time. So how, how, historically this season, how have they kind of come out after some of the more tough losses? They have been pretty good at rebounding uh, from some of these real miserable games. Uh, they've had a couple of prolonged losing streaks, but for the most part, especially recently, uh, it seems like the, they have this stinker of a game and then, you know, the next game they kind of come out and they're like, okay, no, we got it this time. We got it. Um, you know, right before this, uh, you know, this last streak of games, they had a really like 
ugly loss to the Oilers. They lost 5-2. It was just a very, like, depressing game overall. Uh, they lost to the Flyers a little bit before that. Uh, and, you know, both of those times they came back from it and looked like a really good time. The game against the Flyers that they lost, the next game they came back literally the next day and beat the Penguins, who were one of the top teams in the league. Uh, they lost to the Oilers and then a couple of days later beat Vegas. So they're, they're, they're getting – they're learning the right lessons from a lot of these games. So I would expect them to come out ready to play from the beginning, which is something they didn't do in this game against Boston. Uh, and also they've been really good on the road this year. Uh, they have a 15, six and five record on the road. And so for whatever reason, that's been their thing this year. So I'm hoping that that also sort of helps uh, propel them. Yeah. And I mean, that certainly having a good road record helps. I know the stars have not been very good on the road this season, but they do play pretty well at home. But I know uh, the last time these teams met, it was in LA. And I know that we uh, shared some videos with, with each other for our shows talking about our teams. And I know last time you mentioned uh, at that point in the season, that was about early to mid December, the Kings were out of a playoff spot and they were struggling with a lot of inconsistency. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, what have they done now to, to put themselves in the position that they're in second in the Pacific division? I think only three points out of first behind the flames. What, what has changed between December and now for this Kings team to be where they're at? You know, I think that they're finding a lot of lines that are clicking. Uh, they've stopped doing a lot of lineup tinkering uh, and their forward lines have been very consistent uh, for the most part, aside from guys having to come out for injuries and stuff. Uh, for the first time in a long time, the Kings are actually rolling all four lines. And I think that that's contributed a lot. Um, they're getting offense, not just from the usual suspects like Andre Kopitar. Uh, they're getting uh, offense from up and down the lineup. Phil Deneau has been a wonderful surprise. We knew he was great defensively, but he's also scoring, uh, you know, helping a lot on the score sheet too. So I, I think the biggest difference is just, you know, Todd McClellan is able to rely on his players up and down the lineup. He's not really having to burden, uh, you know, any one line over much in, in many games now. Yeah. And I mean, I feel like the Pacific division as a whole, especially at this point in the season, has kind of taken a turn to be one of the more competitive divisions. Is this something that you anticipated at the start of the season? Or is this kind of a surprise to see all these teams, Anaheim, Vegas, Calgary, LA, and even, you know, you have Vancouver still kind of, you know, mm-hmm. dwelling down there where they could get into a wild card spot. Is this kind of surprising from your perspective or was this kind of what you were expecting from the Pacific this season? Yeah, I mean, I think I, I knew the Pacific was going to be weird. It's shaking out in ways, though, that I didn't really expect. Um, everyone expected Vegas to just run away with the division again like they have pretty much every other year. Uh, right now they're sitting in third. The Kings are actually ahead of them, which is not a statement I ever thought that I would be saying, especially this season. Uh, there have been times where Vegas has been out of the playoffs entirely. Uh, I don't think that they're going to fall out, but you know, it, things aren't aligning the way we thought. No one really predicted Calgary to be at the top of the division for Jacob Markstrom to have the season he's having. Um, you know, uh, Seattle was the wild card that everyone thought was going to be really good based off of analytics models and, you know, expecting Philip Grubauer to play the same way that he did in Colorado. And and that's just not happening Um, for the Kings. I, you know, at the beginning of the season, when we did our predictions and everything, my take was the Kings are a play. They could be a playoff team. Um, Did I think that they were going to be number two in the division at any point in time? Definitely not. But, you know, I, I had the, the, the feeling that this team could make some noise. Um, and, and so far they're, they're doing well. You know, my, my expectation was maybe bubble team, maybe, you know, fill in that wild card spot. So they're, they're exceeding my expectations there. 
but yeah, this the division the whole year has just been very strange, and uh, it's it's weird, and I kind of like it. Yeah, I think it makes it more fun. I know that you know the central was supposed to be pretty chaotic, and it has been. And even out east, we're seeing a a little bit less chaos, but still chaos nonetheless. Is uh, mm-hmm. the Eastern Conference is all but about wrapped up with playoff seating, but the West a lot is still up for grabs. Really outside of uh, Colorado holding that one spot in the central, but. Yeah. I know uh, some crazy things could happen. And I know last time out, uh, whenever these teams met up, you mentioned Sean Dursey as a guy mm-hmm. uh, who was kind of a, an underrated player who had just, I think, been moved up from the AHL at that point in December. What has he continued to do uh, with this time with this Kings team? He has absolutely solidified his position on this team. Uh, you know, he he is in that role by the virtue of the fact that Sean Walker, uh, I think, tore both his ACL and MCL at the very beginning of the season. So he's out for the year. Uh, and we knew a young defenseman from the AHL was going to get to come up and, you know, see who could stick. And he has, he is not leaving. Uh, you know, Sean Walker, unfortunately, is out for the season. So the Kings get to punt this problem forward until next year to figure out how they're going to solve it. You know, too many bodies on that blue line. But he has been just a delight in terms of helping generate offense. Uh, if you watch him on the power play, sometimes he's one of the only bright spots on on that power play for the Kings. Uh, and it's just, you know, making really creative passes that we don't really see on the blue line outside of Drew Doughty. Uh, you know, they're not the same player. I'm not trying to say Sean Dursey's the next Drew Doughty or anything, uh, but he has been, you know, we, we knew that he was going to be good, but it was taking a while for him to get to the NHL. And people kind of started thinking like, all right, has his time passed him by? Have the Kings, you know, they have so many defensive prospects in the system like, Oh, you know, are they just going to skip him in terms of bringing him up? But he uh, he has been great. He's been one of my favorite young players to watch this year. Yeah, and certainly seems, you know, he's benefiting from, you know, sharing a, a team with Drew Doughty, who has, you know, been one of the better defensemen in the league for a little bit of time now. So, you know, certainly beneficial there. And you mentioned the special teams a little bit there with the power play. What has special teams looked like for this Kings team as of late, both on the power play and the PK? Laughably bad. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, the PK is not great. Uh, it has definitely been, you know, when, whenever they take one of those late in game penalties, you're just sitting there being like, don't blow this one. <laughs> don't blow this one. Uh, and it's, you know, hit or miss whether or not they do. Uh, the power play has had its moments. Uh, it definitely is right now one of the worst in the league. It's 16.4%. That's 27th in the league uh, at this point in time, which is bad. Uh, but they have had more success lately on that winning streak they were on. They certainly, you know, the power play didn't inspire quite as much dread as it has throughout the rest of the season. Uh, but I still, you know, the Kings aren't winning games based off of special teams. So, you know, I, I, I don't want to see either situation i don't want to see them get too many power plays because they're just (laughs) going to waste time i don't want to see them take too many penalties because it's only a matter of time until someone breaks through their mediocre uh penalty kill so it's a work in progress i think that if they do have any you know postseason hopes uh you know if they stay in this playoff position if they want to make any noise whatsoever they've got to figure out at least one of those uh, right now, it is not it is not appointment television viewing when they're on special teams. <laughs> well, that should certainly make for an interesting matchup because I know the the Stars power play has been laughably bad as well as of like the PK a little bit better. So maybe we'll see you know a resurgence for both teams, or we'll see both teams try to outdo each other in a uh, special teams ineffectiveness. <laughs> we'll see. It, it, it court just or we can just you know just agree not take penalties. We'll just yeah just before the, the game. Play. 
yeah, yeah. warm up to send the captains out say hey no penalties right. no penalties right. and, uh, nice clean it. game yeah 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 it would make <laughs> it go by a little quicker for the fans but we're going to yeah. take a quick break and uh hear a message from one of our sponsors and that is built bar All Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. Most Built Bars contain 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Compare that to a candy bar, which usually has around 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. Mint brownie, coconut, coconut almond, and a new flavor this month, white chocolate cookies and cream. They're all delicious. All new flavors are coming out all the time. If you think a flavor might be good, they'll make it. It will be delicious, and it will be good for you. At Built Bar, they are all about taste. They make it taste delicious first, then figure out how to make it healthy. And I don't know about you, but they pull it off every time. Go to Built.com right now and use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order. Again, use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off your order at Built.com. Jumping back into today's crossover episode between Locked On Stars and Locked On King Stain Lewis with Sarah Avampato. And now we're going to flip the script. And Sarah, I am uh, here to answer all your questions that you have about this uh, this inconsistent Dallas Stars team. <laughs> well, the first question I actually had, I was looking at, you know, scoring for the Stars. And how is Joe Pavelski your, your leading scorer? How has that happened? What's going yeah, on? It's it's certainly an anomaly, but one that I know Stars fans and I think the rest of the team are, you know, it's a it's a good sight to see. Um, and I mean, it's something that we talk about often here on this show and especially in these crossovers, just because uh, it's a, you know, a fun thing to talk about if he's reportedly always the first guy out on the ice at practice and he's working in front of the net, working on his redirects, just working on his shooting and passing. Uh, and I think that just speaks a lot to the, you know, the kind of player that he is at, you know, in his late 30s played 15 plus years in the league that he's still, you know, the first guy out there and kind of loves the the working side of things. And he's paired with two really talented young forwards and Jason Robertson, who was a Calder finalist last season and Rupe Hintz, who is one of the best skaters on the team and also just a fantastic shooter. Great with the stick. So I think that he racks up a lot of points sharing the ice with them, but I think he could also be effective with just about anyone else on this roster uh, just because, you know, he leads by example in the way that he plays at practice in games uh, and also, I think just a, a good leader in general. And I, I think that goes back to his time with the Sharks. And he's carried that over here to Dallas as well. Yeah, I feel like Kings fans don't listen, cover your ears. But like, I have always enjoyed watching Joe Pavelski as a player, like, uh, especially, you know, knowing that he is one of the older guys in the league at this point and ha- plays that sort of veteran mentor role, but is also still you know, really contributing on the ice. Like every time I watch him, I'm just like, well, of course he's going to have some ridiculous, like tip in deflection goal. Like that's just what Mm -hmm. he does. Uh, Always hate playing against him. Uh, But just, I'm glad that he is out of the Pacific division. Uh, I've liked seeing him on the stars because it means that I don't have to watch him score on the Kings with really stupid deflections for, you know, five times a year. (laughs) So at least we get to like narrow that down a little bit. Yeah. Um, You know, I, I feel like, you know, everyone sort of talks about right now, like Montreal and the big dive that they took from, you know, Stanley Cup finalists to whatever is happening in Montreal this season. Uh, you know, Dallas is a little further removed from their playoff run, but I feel like a lot has happened. There's been a lot of like changes in personnel, it looks like on the ice. Just what's been sort of that that arc like of, you know, the pinnacle of, of hockey achievement to sort of this, like you said, very inconsistent season that they're having right now. 
Yeah, it's it's been so weird. And I know that the past, I guess, two years has been weird for everybody just with the pandemic. And, you know, the bubble itself was its own like fever dream, if you will. And then last season, like the divisional realignment and being in a division with Carolina and Tampa Bay, Nashville, who was a good team last year. I think it just made it difficult because that Stars team was still kind of licking their wounds. I mean, Tyler Sagan was playing in that Stanley Cup with like I, 10 different injuries is dramatic, but I mean, just mm -hmm. a ton of injuries and so many, so many other guys were injured and beaten up and then they didn't really have time to recover. And so barely missed the playoffs last season, despite all that. But it, yeah, it's just been odd. And yeah, there's been a little bit of personnel changes on the ice, just as far as who's on what lines, you know, the, the big top line used to be Sagan, Ben and Radulov. They've now been mixed up a little bit with Sagan and Ben playing on that second line with Dennis Gurionov. Alexander Radulov kind of, you know, been moved to a bottom six guy and he's only got one goal on the season. He has a good number of assists, but just not the same player that he used to be as he's around the same age as Joe Pavelski, but just hasn't aged as well. But I think also dealing with some own injuries in his own right. So it's just been kind of one of those things of like the circumstances are difficult. This team is having to fight through those things and they, they handle it well. Um, but I mean, in a division and a conference as tough as the Western Conference, it, it's just one of those things where every single game is a battle, even against the bad teams, it seemed. The, the Stars have dropped two games to Ottawa. They've lost to Arizona this season. They lost to Montreal at home. So it's been a lot of inconsistency. And I think that this team sometimes struggles with intensity. But, you know, they at their best can, you know, hang with anyone in the league. But at their worst, they look like they should be, you know, switching places with their AHL affiliate team. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like the, the, the Kings and uh, the, the Coyotes have been a similar sort of situation of games against the Coyotes have just been way more difficult than any right that they should be. Uh, and, you know, it seems a little of that, like, you know, taking them for granted kind of. But, yeah, I definitely know that feeling of why are we losing this game? Like, this is this is not a team we should be losing to. And then they turn around and win against, you know, a Vegas or something. Mm -hmm. Like, why? Why is this happening to us? <laughs> That's been the story all season. <laughs> um, you know, looking at the stars, and I know, you know, going a little bit back to Joe Pavelski, there's been sort of talk about what they're going to do with him at the deadline. The stars have been sort of in and out of a playoff position. Uh, lately, they've been sort of hanging out in that wild card blob. Uh, what do you think sort of the outlook is for the rest of the season? Uh, do they hang on to that spot? Do they make, you know, big moves at the deadline? Do they just wait it out and see what happens? Yeah, I think it's going to be one of those deadlines that barring anything crazy happening between now and March 21st, that they're going to stay pretty quiet. They don't have a whole lot of cap space. The only guy I can really see getting moving moved as of now is John Klingberg. There's been some rumors that he wants out of Dallas because he wants a big eight-year deal, but it doesn't seem like the Stars are really going to give him that deal. So there's a chance that he could leave in the offseason, but there's also a chance that the Stars may want to get some sort of return for a guy that's been you know, a cornerstone defenseman for the franchise ever since he you know, got drafted. Um, so I Pavelski is a guy that his name has been thrown out there, but unless the stars just absolutely drop off here in the next few weeks, I don't envision that happening because as, as we talked about, you know, at the start of the segment, he's just such a key piece to this team. And if he's not there, I think that the morale of the team drops a little bit, but also the scoring and the effectiveness of, of the offense probably goes with him wherever he goes. And so there's a chance that he might not come back next season. Uh, so he'll be an unrestricted free agent. But I think this will be a, a good deadline for the Stars if they can stay relatively quiet, just because they do have a good roster. And whenever they're, again, when they're playing at their best, they can hang with anyone. They're one of the oldest rosters in the league. So I think that would benefit them if they're able to make a playoff spot. I know at the time of recording, I think they're still in that second wild card spot. But I know several games happening uh, here on Tuesday night. 
at the time of recording. So by the time people hear this on Wednesday, they could have dropped out, but they're still very much in the race for mm -hmm. a, a playoff spot and even, you know, potentially a, a top three spot in the division. I think uh, as of yesterday, they were only four points behind Minnesota, who was in third. So it, it's going to be a difficult, you know, climb. And after this game against the Kings at home, they have three straight divisional games on the road. So we're going to find out a lot about this Stars team over the next week or so and leading up to the deadline. But I can't envision them making any huge moves unless they just absolutely fall off. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I think that's a pretty good overview of uh, of where we're at with the Stars. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, after a quick break from some of our sponsors again, we'll come back with some of our predictions and overall final thoughts for this matchup. Jumping back into today's crossover episode between Locked On Kings and Locked On Stars, Dane Lewis and Sarah Avampato. This is the last meeting between these two teams for the season in the regular season. Uh, I guess there is a possibility they could meet up in the postseason. But based on what we've seen in these previous two matchups, uh, 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 the season series has been split so far. What are you expecting tonight from these two teams? Um, I am expecting a good response from the Kings. Uh, like we talked about earlier, their last game against Boston um, legitimately was one of the worst games I've seen from them this season. It was just bad and they know it was bad. Uh, the players all said the right things after the game in terms of, you know, addressing what happened in, in that performance. Uh, so I, I do think that they come out hot on this one and I, I, I I'm wary of saying it because most of the time I've like the Kings have burned me on this one, but I, I do think the Kings come away with the win. I think that they, uh, a, like I said earlier, have been really, really good on the road. I know that, you know, Dallas is a tough arena to play in. Uh, it, it's, it's very loud and I've never even been there. So I can only imagine, <laughs> being, you know, being there. Uh, but I, I, I think that they, I think they get this one done and Kings fans can come after me every, almost every time I predict that they're going to win, they blow it. Um, they managed to like not do that against the ducks recently. I, I realized it felt morally wrong to say that I thought the ducks were going to win. Uh, so I went out on a limb, said the Kings are going to win. They did. Uh, maybe the curse has been broken. We'll find out. But I, I, I do think that they are ticked off enough over that loss to, to the Bruins that they uh, get this one together. Yeah, I think that's something that the Stars will need to be aware of. And I'm sure they know that, you know, what has happened over the past couple of days with this Kings team. And I think they'll need to at least match that intensity if they, uh, they want a chance to win this one. I, I know that they've struggled with that. And even at home, that's been a, an issue for them. I know even that first matchup, with the Kings, that was the home opener back in, you know, the the early fall. Mm -hmm. They uh, they came out a little bit slow, and of course that game ended in overtime. I can certainly see this one uh, going to overtime again and make it really entertaining. And it's one of those things where, hey, at least both teams get a point. Right. And so yeah. the, the the Stars just need all the points they can get at this point in the season. I I think they have a good shot to win. They're coming off a a solid victory against Buffalo on Sunday. My only fear is that they haven't played in a while, so. Sometimes they, they tend to come out a little flat after long breaks, but I, I think that they'll understand the situation, what's at stake, and you know, as far as playoff seeding, and they really do need to get a home win before they hit the road and take on. I think it's Winnipeg, then Nashville, and then Minnesota. So uh, maybe not in that order, but it's those three for sure. And all the games against Winnipeg have gone to overtime this season. So uh, mm -hmm. looks like it's going to be quite a grind for the Stars team. Yeah, I think it would be interesting, like knowing that both teams are sort of innocent, like you know, the, the Kings are holding down that number two spot and they've been there for a little bit, but it, it feels very precarious a, at any moment. I would not be surprised to see them drop back down, knowing the teams that are chasing them. So I, I feel like it should be a good game in terms of, you know, energy and response from the teams, because they're both sort of in a similar situation of 
like you said, meeting every point that they can get, not being able to afford to blow a game, especially against an opponent in the same conference, um, you know, say an opponent fighting for sort of the same wild card spot if the Kings drop out. So it, it I, I hope that it is as spirited affair as I, I want it to be. Yeah, I hope so too. And do you have uh, any guess or estimate on who's going to be starting in net for the Kings? Um, I'm going to say Cal Peterson, largely because Jonathan Quick just had a terrible outing against the Bruins. Uh, he got pulled after five goals against, which was a lot. I think it was the first time actually this season he'd been pulled. Uh, and I-, I could see Todd McClellan wanting to go back to him for the vote of confidence and, you know, let's show you can bounce back. But overall, they've been especially this kind of second chunk of the season have been really doing a rotation between Peterson and, and quick, and it would be Peterson's turn to start uh, if they keep to that. So I would expect to see him, but um, at this point, you never know. Yeah. I I'm almost always wrong on who I pick, even though I, I do think it'll be Jake Ottinger. I don't think Braden Holtby has started since Super Bowl Sunday. So like back mm. early February and Ottinger's just been on an absolute tear as of late. Uh, so that's who I expect. But again, I've been very much wrong before, and so it's almost like the stars listen to, like, you know, the Coach Burke bonus listens to this, and he's like, no, no, not today, Dane. So we'll see, but I think it could be a very interesting goalie matchup because I know, like you said, there's been kind of a a rotation between those Kings goalies, so whoever we see, you know, they're somewhat, you know, fresh and rested Mm -hmm. after, you know, Tuesday's or Monday's matchup, but also, Mm -hmm. you know, they've still gotten that good amount of playing time. So should be a really interesting matchup, and do you have a prediction for first goal of the game from the Kings? Ooh, I'm going to go with Adrian Kempe. He's been just really hot this season, uh, just really kind of finding that dimension Kings fans have always wanted to see from him in terms of providing offense, and uh, I think already has a career high in goals. So I'm, I'm going to go with him. Yeah, it's uh, that's definitely a guy that the Stars need to be on the lookout for. I'll go Rupe Hintz. I imagine it's going to be a guy from the Stars on the top line. And recently, or not really recently, they haven't scored very fast in games, but there was a a stretch early in the season where the Stars' top line would score in the first 30 to 30 seconds to a minute of a game, and I think that'd be huge for them and this matchup if they could get out in front early. But we'll see if they're able to get things rolling, if that top line even comes out as the starters. But, Sarah, this was so great. Thank you for crossing over and helping preview this game, and maybe these teams will uh, meet up in the playoffs sometime this yeah, year. Yeah, we'll see. It'll be an adventure. Yeah, absolutely. That's uh, every NHL season, and you know we wouldn't have it any other way. Certainly hope you guys enjoyed today's crossover episode between myself and Sarah over at Locked on Kings. Be sure to go check out her show if you want more in-depth insight on this Kings team before tonight's big matchup. But thank you again for tuning in to today's episode of Locked on Stars for making us your first listen of the day. Now go make your second listen of the day, the Locked on Fantasy Hockey Podcast with Steel Roden and Flip Livingstone. Those guys will help you win your fantasy league and giving you all their expert insight and analysis. Be sure to subscribe to and follow the Locked on the Stars podcast wherever you get your podcast app, whether that's on YouTube or your favorite podcasting platform. We are free and available no matter where you listen or how you listen. Be sure to tune into tomorrow's episode as we'll be breaking down the Stars-Kings matchup, giving you my reactions and insight on the game. You won't want to miss it. We'll see you there, Stars fans. Have a great Wednesday.